Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. Uh, I'm your host, James Clark, and uh, with me as usual, we have Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? Uh, tired, but good. How tired, are you? Good. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. Uh, was hoping the Padres would have uh, finished off that uh, elusive first sweep, but they uh, they just couldn't get the job done today. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. It's like yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have any brooms or something. I don't know. Where where are the brooms? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. You, you, and to come out with a you know getting shut out again is just it's kind of demoralizing. But the inconsistencies of this team are, are just going to be you know they're going to be there the whole season long. We're just going to have to kind of deal with it. I, I would imagine. Uh, they won they won two series in a row. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think we're just we're just being pessimistic. Yeah, yeah it happens. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. For our twentieth uh, episode of uh, our podcast uh we're lucky enough to have uh dennis lynn the uh, padres beat writer uh with us today for the union tribune uh what's going on dennis how are you doing i'm good thanks uh thanks for having me not a problem not a problem you know you know patrick and i uh were talking uh right before you came on and uh we were actually wondering uh what your day looked like as far as today being a, a early game you know what time do you actually show up uh to the ballpark and you know what kind of uh what does your day look like for an early day? That's just uh, something that we're curious about. So, not to bore you guys, but uh, <laughs> let's see. I left. I uh, left the park last night, or I guess, uh, what is that? Tuesday night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. After eleven, and got to the ballpark a little after nine a.m. today, and wow. it, it's uh, it's a little more casual for these uh, quick turnarounds. No, no batting practice on the field. Okay. Uh, a lot of players who kind of come in a little bit later. Cool. Um, guy like Derek Norris finally gets a day off, and Christian Ben, of course, starts behind the plate. Yeah. So uh, well deserved rest for Norris there. Um, but yeah, these uh, these day games tend to be pretty casual. Now there's a lot of players who aren't fans of uh, these early starts because uh, it just kind of messes with their rhythm because they're playing so many seven o'clock games. In the Padres case, a few seven forty games. So yeah, uh, it's quite a it's quite a different uh, different feel uh, these matinee games. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's nice to get out of there early for once, though. So um, I guess if you look at the plus side, there's always Definitely. that. Definitely, yeah. I'm sure it's it's there's some positives you can take from it for sure. Um, okay, so let's let's get into today's game. Um, you know, it's it's tough watching this team. You know, do the work the first couple games and then just kind of fall flat um, when it comes to the deciding series. I, I guess they're now eight zero and nine now in uh, the last game of of the series. Um, I, I heard you bring that up to Andy Green, and I guess he hadn't heard that stat before. You know, go to go uh, go into it a little bit about you know what you think this team needs to get it done, or is it just kind of a, a fluky stat that, that's just going around? I think it's mostly fluky. Um, okay. I was interested in Andy Green's thoughts on that, but uh, yeah, it's there's not a whole lot you can say. Um, yeah, they've they've lost 17 games, and just nine of them happen to have come in series finales. Um, but but it is uh, it is a little. Funny. I mean, if you think about it, if they just won three of those uh, series finales, they'd be at fourteen and fourteen right now, which I think is mm-hmm. basically good enough for second in the NL West. But uh, yeah, if you look at who they faced a lot, they faced a lot of top tier pitchers. Um, you know, today Tyler Chatwood's probably been the ace of, of the Rocky staff so far this season. He has a scoreless inning streak on the road of about twenty four and two thirds, I think. So uh, obviously, yeah, he was going to be tough, but. Um, when you uh, when you have three hits and one walk, you really don't give yourself a chance at all. Um, and then it doesn't get any easier with the Mets coming to town, Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard predicting you might see something special at Peckle Park on Friday with Syndergaard going. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, they they've uh, kind of just uh, you know they've. I think they're six and three in, ser- in series openers, and then uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they they've just tended to face uh, really good pitchers uh, um, the rest of the time. And with uh, the way the lineup is, they have Brett Wallace hitting fourth quite a bit these days. With uh, you know Solarte and Spanjberg still down, um, that just sets up as a pretty tasty matchup for opposing pitchers. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. You know, that, that brings to my attention, you know, uh, a lot of managers are utilizing the uh, batting the pitcher eighth and uh, putting like a second leadoff hitter batting ninth, if you will. Uh, do you see the Padres doing that in the future with maybe Spangenberg when he when he comes back? Because it, it seems like the, well, the best hitters on the Padres are, are Jay Myers and Kemp in that order. And in, in, uh, you think that's something that Andy Green would consider? Well, if you actually look at Jay's numbers, they haven't been great. Uh, he's not hitting the ball very hard, which you, you don't need from a leadoff hitter. You just need to get on base, but he's mm-hmm. he's not even doing that, you know, at an above average clip. So, even when Spangenberg comes back, I wouldn't say they they really have two leadoff hitters. It's just kind of the the composition of their lineup. Jay uh, Jay's the most experienced guy. He's a lefty bat. Um, he's a guy. It's Andy Green kind of trust there, and um, honestly. Uh, they they uh, they might be hoping that you know he plays well enough to uh, kind of parlay himself into a trade chip at the deadline since he's got a year left on his deal or this is yeah this is he's on a one year deal so mm-hmm. um, and a veteran guy and you know on a team that's most likely not going to contend so it makes sense to see what you can get for him because he's definitely not going to warrant a qualifying offer at the end of the year so yeah I think uh, you'll see Jay continue to play quite a bit but right now he's not really doing a lot of favors for his trade value. But uh, in uh, reference to your question, I, I really don't see the uh, hitter batting eighth very much on this team. It just uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> if you had a guy like uh, Madison Bumgarner, who <laughs> probably bat maybe fourth on the Padres <laughs> yeah. lineup right now, it would make more sense. But right now they don't have a guy like that. Yeah, I've never really, I guess, yeah. agreed with the whole pitcher batting eighth sort of thing. I don't know. I never really saw, I guess, the point in it. And, and for the Padres, I don't know if it really works out. But I'm um, going off of that. I wanted your impression from today's game about uh, Vargas and how he's been pitching um, in his first couple starts in the big leagues. Yeah, the most impressive thing about him, I think, is uh, he's a you know a 24 year old guy from uh, Mexico who'd uh, never pitched above Double A uh, before this season, and even opened the season at Double A. So for him to uh, come up and make three pretty good starts uh, right away, that says a lot about just his poise on the mound. Uh, it's kind of got, a, I think Andy said, ice ice water in the veins today. That was the analogy he used. And it's kind of a cliche, but, I mean, so far, I mean, you have to you have to hand it to him. He hasn't looked like he's, uh, you know, uh, overmatched or anything. But um, I think the real test will come when uh, teams see him a second time. And uh, his stuff isn't overpowering, obviously. But uh, he's got, uh, I guess, the moxie on the mount to kind of just uh, trust his stuff. And so far, we're seeing him kind of nibble. Uh, he's not throwing a ton of strikes, but uh, I think uh, – once uh, once we get through that second time through against teams, and I think he'll get it because right now they're battling with injuries. Robbie Erlin obviously being out for at least a year with Tommy John surgery uh, scheduled soon, and Tyson Ross, uh, he's out indefinitely still. Um, I think you're going to see Cesar Vargas go up against uh, some of these teams a second time eventually, and uh, we'll kind of see what he's made of back, uh, when that happens. Uh, so speaking of yeah. uh, Tyson Ross, have you heard anything otherwise? that he's Is he still out indefinitely, or is that, is that like the case for now? Well, about two weeks ago, we, we heard or uh, we were told, um, you know, we're just going to, the Potters are just going to kind of back off and have him do some uh, stabilizing and strengthening exercise. 
phases and then they'd reevaluate them um, in two weeks' time. So that 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 falls right around uh, tomorrow and Thursday. So I don't think there's going to be a huge update when they reevaluate him because he's just getting into the strengthening portion. There's a rehab; he hasn't started throwing yet. So uh, I mean, they're saying that's a positive, but originally they said it was it was probably going to be a two week kind of minimum uh, type stay in the DL. So shoulders are probably worse than elbows. Um, no, that's kind of funny to say after Robbie Erlin just uh, uh, decided to go get Tommy John surgery. But you know, shoulders are always really concerning for pitchers. So I think it's indefinite for uh, for right now. Yeah, I think we're nearing about a month now that he's been out. So I think it's definitely kind of time to have a little more concern perhaps than before. Yeah, I would agree. And um, if you're if you're thinking about his trade value, which you kind of have to with uh, any other major uh longer service time guys this season um you have to think about the ramifications if 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 he if and when he comes back um do you hold on to him for the rest of the year or do you kind of um you know wait to wait till you make sure he's 100 percent and have him just pitch out the rest of the year and then see what you can get for him next season because uh, right now uh, his, his trade value is at an all-time low yeah it's definitely gonna be tough to trade a guy who has missed the first month of the season and, and may not even be back anytime soon really so um who, who really knows there um one more guy i wanted to ask about maybe you've heard anything uh jan salarte he's obviously been on the dl since i think what was it april 10th i want to say um any news there well he's one of three guys who are um on the dl with or i guess three infielders uh, along with alexia marista and spangenberg who are on the deal with uh, leg injuries um in Solarte's case uh, so you guys know it's a hamstring hamstring strain and he's uh, he's been running um starting this week and uh taking batting practice i think he's taking grounders uh, not moving laterally just taking grounders right at, at him and uh, in his case his games <laughs> definitely not built on speed like spangenberg's is so i'd say he'd probably come back before spangenberg does um, but there's been no uh, re- rehab assignments scheduled as of yet. I expect that might happen next week if uh, things keep progressing. But I think uh, I think Andy Green said he's running about 60%, 70% right now. Um, he said that yesterday. So uh, I think it's still uh, still a little ways away from seeing him even in a rehab assignment. So, yeah, he's uh, he's been a big loss for the lineup. Obviously, a guy who can hit from the left side, and uh, yeah, I, I suspect they would have uh, fewer than eight shutouts right now if he he'd been healthy this entire time. Yeah, definitely. You know, his they, they, it's a big hole at third. Uh, you know, Wallace is, is filling in decently recently, but it, it, you know, not having that depth at third base is, was definitely an issue for the Padres. Uh, you know, Rosales isn't exactly the starting type material if you will he's more of a bench type player so it's you know Solarte's going down was was a huge loss for the team you know and and uh, we're definitely looking forward to having him back um Dennis I, I wanted to ask you uh, about Andrew Kashner um you know we mentioned the qualifying offer with Jay uh, do you think Kashner would uh would represent a qualifying offer uh for the Padres or do you think that's uh, you think they're trying to trade him in July or what the, what route do you think they'll take Well, it's an interesting question I think um once they, uh, you know, started the season with him on the roster, his uh, trade value automatically takes a hit because whoever's, let's say he's traded in season, his new team can't give him a qualifying offer since uh, he was traded in season. Mm-hmm. So that that's a factor to consider. And right now he's obviously hasn't gotten off to the greatest start. Uh, obviously uh, the start, uh, his last start, you know, last night was uh, 
pretty decent because he bounced back from, you know, uh, three runs over the first two innings, uh, I think a 35-pitch first inning. And uh, in the past, we've seen a lot of times where he he would have that big inning and kind of blow up on him, and he wouldn't come back from it. I mean, he definitely did in San Francisco. So that was was encouraging for the Padres. But, uh, yeah, I think um, the qualifying offer for him is definitely on the table um, because uh, you kind of – the calculus right now for him is if – Take him to the end of the season and give him a qualifying offer. Uh, can you get more for him at the trading deadline than, uh, I guess, what would be a late first-round pick? Because I think, uh, in Kashner's case, uh, he'd definitely look forward to free agency and mm-hmm. would reject a qualifying offer. Um, and yeah. even then, I think just the the way the free agent market sets up, yeah, his stock's definitely taking a hit. But, uh, I mean, if his, if his agent isn't worth any kind of um, salary, Cashner's paying him. He's gonna he's gonna find him a multi year deal. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this could be a thing that you know drags on to the end of the year, and they you know uh, just give him the qualifying offer. But right now, uh, you kind of have to hold on to him, and either way, uh, hope his uh, his trade value takes up. Yeah, no, I hear you. You know, the fact that Ian Kennedy got a, a qualifying offer, I think bodes well for Cashner's future, and he should get a multi year deal. You know, even if he has a decent year, just. Just if he's able to finish out the year uh, health-wise without any issues, I think that will will, uh, will solidify him getting a chance at a, at a multi-year deal. Um, you know, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Jabari Blash. That's um, it's kind of a, a weird subject in my eyes. Um, you know, he's not a young player by any stretch of the imagination. I, I can justify keeping Perdomo on on the roster, but Blash isn't exactly a young player, and it seems like the Padres uh, have. You know, they already have Margot, they already have Renfro, um, the outfield's currently already full, you know, there's outside players like Dickerson and Jankowski, um, you know, well, what are they doing by, with keeping Jabari Blash? Yeah, well, first of all, you're right, he's he's not young, he's going to be 27, I think, in uh, late June or July, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, he's he's not really a prospect agent anymore, you could argue the guy didn't really start playing baseball until high school, so... Mm-hmm. He uh, he might still have you know quite a bit of room to grow, but uh, yeah, he's uh, hasn't really hasn't started a game in you know several weeks. Uh, is getting pinch hit appearances, but he's not the type of hitter like Brett Wallace who kind of profiles this guy. You, you want to bring off the bench. Um, I mean, he's a high strikeout guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now, I mean, Melvin Upton obviously had a pretty good start to the season, and uh, they want to you know keep playing him to you know see if you know he can maybe fetch anything at the trade mm-hmm. deadline, and he's you know mm-hmm. playing left field. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a tough tough situation for Jabari because you know the Padres the way they're set up, uh, you want to see young players develop, and I'm pretty sure they have an idea that you know he's he's potentially just a quad A player. He's the type of guy. Um, who even if if he, if he doesn't get the plate appearance, you, you can you can just look at who he is in batting practice and you know spring training games and see you know he's not the guy who sets up as a guy to have a lot of success in the majors. I know that might sound kind of unfair because he hasn't been given the chance, um, mm-hmm. but uh, no, it just is his swings very long. Scouts really don't like it. Um, he's not good defensively in left field. Uh, he was taking grounders at first base, and I talked to a scout today who said he actually looked pretty decent at first base. But, you know, Will Myers, that's his position. So uh, he's not going to get a lot of time there, obviously. Um, yeah. But if, in the Padres' case, uh, I mean, they're, uh, again, uh, to be realistic, it doesn't look like they're going to contend this season. So uh, I guess in their own, from their own perspective, it doesn't really hurt them to, you know, keep a roster spot, you know, just percolating for Jabari Blash as long as they – you don't want to keep him around, and uh, potentially if a guy gets moved, they can uh, start giving him more playing time. But right now, he's uh, he's not contributing for them. But uh, that might 
ultimately in the grand scheme of things might, might not be the worst thing because uh, if they're out of it in July and they trade someone, maybe uh, that'll be a shot. Um, and if they're, uh, they're, I guess you call it wasting a roster spot on him, that's not the worst thing if they're 20 games under 500 because at that point it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, he's, I mean, I understand their thought process and keeping him. It's just they they never gave him the opportunity to play, and and you know a lot of that has to do with the Upton's performance and Jay's performance, and it, it's just frustrating uh, as a fans' perspective because you don't have we didn't we don't have an, an, a clue basically um, what kind of player he's going to be, and um, we're we're just not going to give that be given that opportunity until Upton or Jay is moved, and it's just uh, it's frustrating, you know it. it it is what it is, and and being a Padre fan, it's just uh, it's just frustrating seeing all that potential and uh, not being able to to see it on a daily basis. I think being part of a Padre, being the part of being a Padre fan these days is grieving on what Jamile Weeks or Lesh can, can do for this roster. It tells you kind of about the state of the roster. Um, but I will say, well, Meyer and I Kemp are actually going really well, so that is uh, that has been a silver lining for the team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Ryan Buckter's been out of this world. Uh, you know, talk talk to me about him. Was that somebody that you saw in spring training uh, that had that look in his eye that just looked like he was going to take his game to the next level, or is it just uh, is it just kind of a, a fluky thing that he started out uh, so well? I don't think uh, he definitely doesn't think it's fluky. Uh, I just remember talking to him in spring training. Uh, one of the first things he said, which kind of stood out, was uh, he felt like uh, the last couple of years uh, spent in the minors entirely were a waste because he thought he should be up in the majors, um, just uh, knowing how good his stuff was and seeing his strikeout raise in AAA. So this is a very confident guy with uh, really good life on his fastball and, you know, batters just have a you know really tough time picking him up because it's got a high spin rate and which you know contributes to that if uh, like they call it in a, in a strike zone. So he's throwing basically all fastballs, and he get uh, get guys out lefties and righties out. So uh, yeah, it might be uh, might be AJ Preller's pickup of the offseason along with Drew Pomeran so far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, going back to uh, we were just talking about Will Myers a little bit. Um, how impressed have you been with uh, Will Dennis? Uh, I'd say really impressed. Um, you know, he, he said he worked out harder than he ever has in the offseason, which sounds like a lot of uh, what people say when they come to spring training, saying they're in the best shape of their life. But, I mean, he really worked really hard at first base, and you can see it. it's paid dividends. Um, I know the one thing they, they want to work on is uh, playing off the bag more because he's just so athletic, and he, and he has, I guess uh, you'd say, more range than the average first baseman. He's more athletic than Paul Goldschmidt, who, uh, who plays off the bag quite a bit. Um, but other than that, they, they're really pleased with what he's done at first base and uh, hitting in the two hole uh, has really kind of done wonders for him. And of course, a lot, a lot of that has to do with hitting in front of Matt Kemp. Um, I think Myers actually called him the best player he's ever played with uh, the other night. It's a yeah. pretty bold statement for a guy who's played with Evan Longoria, I think uh, David Price. But um, that just tells you that guy, the guy's uh, feeling comfortable. Uh, obviously, uh, it's been a while since uh, people have seen him play uh, healthy baseball for an extended stretch time but i think uh you know he's he's still only 25 he's got a lot a lot ahead of him and right now he's currently living up to expectations yeah i actually uh tweeted about that comment because i was like evan longoria though yeah <laughs> so uh what do you feel like uh myers chances for the all-star game are i know there's like a lot of good first basemen, obviously in the nl with goldschmidt anthony rizzo adrian gonzalez brandon bell just to name a few so what do you think the chances are there 
He's not going to get voted in as a starter, obviously, with with those guys you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he has a pretty good shot as a reserve. Uh, if I had to put you know um, my money down on one guy making it right now, it'd be Will Myers. What is it, Tyson Ross before the season started? But you know, he's obviously not going to make it being on the DL. Yeah. Uh, Matt Kemp is obviously uh, hitting ver- very well, a lot of home runs, but I think he has like a two percent walk rate right now. Yeah. So you don't know how sustainable his current pace is because, uh, and he's also got Brett Wallace sitting behind him right now. So eventually, you know, pitchers are just not going to really pitch to him. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, we'll see on him, but uh, he's he's got a case as well right now because uh, I mean I think at, at the plate at least he looks like kind of the hitter he was. Uh, Maybe not that MVP year, where the year he should have been the MVP, um, mm-hmm. but he's, uh, he's making great contact, and uh, he's playing better defense. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, some improved positioning, outfield positioning from the uh, from this coaching staff. But, uh, yeah, I'd say Will Myers and it would be one, and uh, Matt Kemp, two right now for uh, All-Star hopes. Yeah, I think Will Myers is, is – I think he leads the, the league among first basemen in batting average, which is pretty surprising. And also Matt Kemp's been – Surprisingly, he's been just about as good as Bryce Harper, believe it or not, in terms of home runs, RBIs, uh, weighted runs created, a better batting average. So he's he's been a pretty good uh, player for the Potters, kind of surprisingly. I mean, last year he had his struggles uh, really early in the season, but he really picked it up in June. And this year he's gotten off to a pretty hot start. And like you said, that walk rate's pretty bad, just below 3%. But I think overall as a player, he's been a lot better this year. And, and he realistically could be an all-star along with Myers and – Probably those two. I, I would have said Ross as well, but given his injury, it, it doesn't seem likely that he has enough time to pitch to earn that kind of role. Yeah. Well, what about Fernando Rodney? <laughs> to shoot the arrow and at Petco for the All-Star game. Well, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dennis, anything uh, that you're looking forward to uh, for the All-Star festivities? And I know it's going to be a unique thing for you as well. Uh, I, I think it'd be nice to see uh, Tony Gwynn finally honored in an All-Star game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's it's uh, it's obviously going to happen this year because San Diego's hosting it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, every All-Star game, MLB controls a lot of it. But uh, actually here, uh, this is kind of unusual for an All-Star game, but uh, MLB's kind of ceding some control over to the Padres for some of the in-game stuff, maybe like stuff with the video board you might see. So I think... Uh, Seeing that, um, Tony Gwynn finally get his due in an All-Star game. It didn't happen two years ago. I think that would be really cool for uh, for San Diego fans. And I, I think just the home run derby is going to be uh, really interesting to see uh, see where these guys hit the ball because, uh, you know, the Rockies came in uh, as uh, you know really legit offense, and they couldn't really hit the ball out at Beckel Park. It seems like uh, last year uh, the park played more fair, and this year it's back to being pitcher-friendly. So, um, we'll have to see how the home run derby um, pans out, but I mean the guys who are going to be in that and have so much power that it doesn't really matter what part they're hitting in. So I think we could see guys trying yeah. to hit the scoreboard. Um, I think that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that'd be the main event. Looking forward to. Nice, nice. You know, uh, when you go on the road, what 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 city is is your favorite to visit? I've I've always wondered that as far as uh, you know beat writers. What what city is it that you really uh, look forward to visiting uh, every year? Well, I guess I'm lucky that the Padres are on the NL West because they uh, they might have my two favorite cities. Uh, I think San Francisco, for obvious reasons, that view, um, just that ballpark. They've had 400-some uh, sellouts uh, consecutively, so it's always a pretty cool atmosphere there. And then Denver, I think, is pretty underrated. Uh, or maybe it's not underrated because a lot of people like going there, but uh, it's just uh, in a great spot, lower downtown Denver. Um, 
a lot a lot of great places around there but it's just uh, it's a cool park um obviously it's not the best to cover games there because they go so long uh-huh. and it's there's so much back-to-back offense but i just really like that park and outside of the NL west uh this might sound kind of weird but i really like seattle um okay. so I'm, I'm all for the better cut because nice. <laughs> that gives you an opportunity to go to i guess two games in seattle each year nice you, you guys are going to get to go to toronto this year too isn't that that's going to be is that have you been there before uh, i've been to toronto uh not for a baseball game um so yeah that, this will be a first so yeah i'm looking forward to that as well yeah that's unusual that this is the first uh interleague series that had uh that had, the last interleague series that had ever been played was the padres at uh toronto yeah yeah i don't i don't know really know what took them so long yeah exactly i don't yeah what can you say um all right dennis you know we uh, i have one more question for you uh we, we know we sure. thank you so for for coming on i know it's been a long day for you um the nfl just uh draft just happened uh, I was. Uh, I know you're a big USC guy, so I'd, I'd love a, a little bit of a scouting report on the Chargers' new center. Uh, I think you've probably read some about it. He's really athletic. Uh, yeah, I've seen missed a lot this season, past season with an injury. Uh, I think uh, USC probably uh, maybe would have won the Pac-12 as weak as it was uh, if he had stayed healthy. But I think uh, you're getting a really cerebral, cerebral guy who's gonna you know do some uh, good things um, for for Philip Rivers. So. I, nice, I yeah. can't say I'm, I'm a big scouting guy on the football side, but I, I know he's considered a, he's considered an elite center, probably the best in the Pac-12. So, I mean, that's pretty nice. high praise, I would say, for for Max Turk. Nice. Yeah, I heard he had a, a little bit of a nasty streak to him, which is which is nice. What you what you want from a center too? Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right, Dennis. Well, thank you so much for for coming on and and talking some Padre baseball with us. We we always love it, and uh, you know we'll definitely have you on again uh, soon, hopefully. Sure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No worries, Dennis. Uh, get some rest and a uh, big series against the Mets coming up. That's going to be uh, that's going to be tough against the Padres. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, uh, might be some uh, short games, but uh, we've yeah. already seen a few of those. <laughs> well, what do you think the What do you think the over under is going to be on the strikeouts for the for the series for the Padres? Um, let's see. What do we have? Four games. Uh, they recently had a Padres recently had a streak of eight games where they struck at least ten times in each game. So the forty is about say, yeah forty forty five. Right around there. Yeah. I mean, since Syndergaard might uh, make up a third of that by on his on his own, so <laughs> I think Bartolo Colon will kind of be a nice uh, change of pace for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they might. He might limit them to only eight Ks, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dennis. Thanks a lot. Have a great night, man. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks. Take care, Dennis. All right, that was Dennis Lynn, beat writer, uh, Padre beat writer for the uh, Union Tribune, uh, joining us on our twentieth podcast. Um, Patrick, thoughts about Dennis? It's uh, it's always great to talk to him. Yeah, Dennis is always a great conversation, lots of info, um, great knowledge of the game. Um, obviously, he's on the inside a little bit, so he knows a little more than we do, and it's it's good to hear that perspective for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's tough. That, you know, the Padres have now struck out uh, 268 times, which leads the uh, all of Major League Baseball. Um, you know, it's tough. I, I thought that Andy Green would implement, uh, you know, a little more of um, a desire to put the ball in play, but they just haven't been able to do it. Uh, Patrick, any thoughts on, on if they're going to be able to rectify that, uh, you know, the case, or is that just something that uh, we're going to have to live with? I think it's just something you have to live with. I mean, when you have so many guys that strike out a lot, I mean, Will Myers strikes out a lot, Matt Kemp, Melvin Upton, um, John Jay's striking out a lot. So I, you just have so many guys that have a lot of strikeout in their game. I don't, I don't think it's something you can really avoid. 
Um, obviously, you can try to minimize it as much as possible. But if these guys are hitting and pr- producing runs, I think you can take those strikeouts kind of t- to go with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know I, I think it, it's just fair to say that Andy Green still – um, you know, evaluating the team, if you will, and 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 evaluating roles of, of players, and and you know, minor league players will come up, and and we'll get a better idea of uh, what he's trying to do offensively. Um, it, it's it's just tough, you know. The, the team's eleven and seventeen right now, uh, three and a half games back behind San Francisco. They could easily be five hundred. It, it's just um, it's frustrating, but you know, at the same time, we knew that what this team, we knew who they were coming into the season. We we had a good idea at least. Yeah, it's not a it's not a team that's looking at a hundred wins. No. We're not the Chicago Cubs, <laughs> so no. I mean, it's, you got to just enjoy it as much as you can, even with the bad. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and with the loss of Ross and with the loss of Solarte and, and Spangenberg and, and and other key members, it, they've actually performed, you know, admirably. It, it's it's tough. Um, you know, as, as Padre fans, it's uh, it's going to be a, another long season. It looks like, but it, you know. The future of the team is is definitely bright, and and I just I'm looking forward to July and, and toward the trade deadline and uh, international signing period, and and to see what this team's really going to look like on paper in uh, 2017, 2018, and, and beyond. Yeah, I think I think if you if you consider that Solarte and Spangenberg have both been out most of the year at this point, I guess not most of the year, but they've been out uh, the last few weeks, and then mm-hmm. Derek Norris has been hitting basically nothing. I think if those three guys all come back or start hitting in Derek Norris's case. I think I think the team the team's offense can be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not a team that you're really going to see as a playoff contender, but I think it's not going to be as bad as all these shutouts have, have looked for them so far this year. Yeah, yeah, the the eight shutouts is definitely troubling. I mean, when when you're shut out uh, roughly half of your losses, it it's it's troubling, but you know, hopefully they can fix that uh, that situation and, and and put the ball in play and you know, it, it just ultimately to me, I mean, they just need to put the ball in play. Good things happen when when you when when you make contact and just it, it kind of demoralizes the team when you see ten, fifteen, twelve strikeouts a game. It, it's just you know, it's it's a it's a game of momentum and it's it's tough when when you when you seemingly always have your back against the wall. Yeah, they they need to put some more balls in play and get that BABIP up for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, all right, folks. Well, thanks uh, for joining us uh, on our twentieth uh, uh, podcast. Uh, Dennis Lynn was our uh, a our guest today. Uh, he is in his third season covering the uh, Padres, so you know he definitely has seen a lot with the team in the past few years. And uh, it's always great to have him on, and uh, we look forward to having him on in the future. Um, we have another podcast scheduled uh, at the end of this week. We have. Uh, we have AJ Casabel on uh, schedule as well, uh, the other Padre beat writer for MLB.com. Uh, so we'll d- get a little bit of inside information uh, about how the team's doing uh, against the Mets uh, on Friday. Patrick, any thoughts before we get out of here? Um, it was great talking to Dennis, as always. Um, love having him on. Definitely we'll have him on in the future. I'm looking forward to talking to AJ. Um, definitely looking forward to watching the Padres play the Mets. I know it might be a rough series, but... It's always fun watching the Mets uh, young pitchers play. Yeah, and um, yeah. g- as always, give us a, a follow on Podbean. That's where we're hosted. We're also on iTunes. Check us out on there. Give us a review if you can. Um, James is EVT underscore news on Twitter. I am That's So Padres, which is, as always, <laughs> very fitting today. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's about it from my end. 
All right, folks, thank you so much for uh, listening. Uh, any questions or concerns, just give us a, a email or a DM or anything. Just get a hold of us. Uh, we're always willing to to uh, make the podcast better. Um, East Village Times Podcast, signing out.